0: Hare Krishna. I think it's, uh, I think we're functioning. Yeah, we, uh, so everyone, we appreciate your coming and joining us for a little philosophy session this morning. We'll be reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. Those of you who have your copies with you or have your cell phones with you and would like to go to vedabase.io. Uh you may you may pick this up. This is Bhagavatam Canto one, chapter nine, text nine. As usual, before we begin with our discourse, we shall invoke the blessings of the Supreme Lord. So maybe we'll have one or two things to say that are of some value. <laughs> Jai Rama Arava Kunja Bihare Kopi Janavala Bhagiri Vara Jai Gopi Jana Vallabhagiri Varadhari Ranjana Yashuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna nāti rāvanachāri Jāmu nāti Jāya mādhāvā kunjā Jaya, Jaya Kunja Bihari, Jaya Rara maravad. Jaya Kunja Bihari, Jaya... Saigora Premananda Hari Haribo. Jayom Om Vishnupada Paramahansa Padibhita Charja Hasto Tadasita Sri Sri is Divine Loving Grace. Bhaya Charanatavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Jayom Vishnu Om Vishnupada Paramahansa Padibhita Kacharja Hasto Tadasita Sri Sri Mata's Divine Grace. Shila Bhakti Siddhanta Satisfati Gosami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada ki Ananta Kokti Iskan BBT Fandra Chaya Shila Prabhupada ki Iskan Guru Param Paraki Shirup Sanatan Bhattaraganath Shi Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasaraganath Sad Gosami Prabhu ki Namacharj Shila Hari Kurhi Rameshiko Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gora Bhaktarindaki Sri Radha Krishna Gopakopinath Shamakun radhakun Kun Girigo Jai Sri Vrindavan Dam Ki Jai Sri Maturadam Ki Jai Sri Mayapurnabharik Dam Ki Jai Sri Jagannath Puri Dam Ki Jai Sri Sri Radha Dam Ki Jai Ganga Devi Ki Jai, Jamunamai Ki Jai, Tulsi Devi Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Samaveda Bhakta Vrindika Ki Jai, Brihatma Madanga, Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki Jai, Natai Gauru Hadi Hadi Hari all glories to the Assembled Devotees, all glories to the Assembled Devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnupadaye, Krishna Bastaye, Bhutale Shyamate, Bhakti Vedanta Swaminite. Namane Namaste, Satisfati Vive Gowrabane, Pucharnine. Ne Visheshya Shunnevari, Pusthante Ishitarine. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam namaskritya Naram jayi Devim sadashvatim yasun Chitoh jayamu Nasta Prayeshavad Bhadrishyu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Yatmasloke Bhakti Bhavini Nashti Ki Antarasimha Bhagavatam Ki Jai Did everybody come as a group today or did you come individually? Where are you from? UT Dallas, which is not in Dallas at all. It's in Richardson, right? How many of you have been here uh, before into this temple? Everybody, me too well, it's very nice to have you here. I know you're uh, you're under quite a stress if you're a student. are you all students? Do you ever get sleep? Never enough sleep. So this this morning we're going to be a reading, as we said, from uh, the first canto, first chapter, text number nine of the Srimad Bhagavatam. My name is Rupa Nugadas, by the way. Good to have you all here. Text number nine. So we'll we'll do uh, word by word uh, speaking of the of the Sanskrit. Pan, Sametan, Maha, Bhagan, Upalabhya, Vasutama, Punjayam, Asa, Dharma, Dharma, Isdharma, Gyo, Desha, Kala, Vibhagavit, now, in, uh, por- poetry form. Tan Sametan Mahabhagan Upalabhya Vasutama Ujjayam Asyada Magyo Deshakala Vibhagavayit That's not the tune I wanted to sing. So let's sing another tune. Tansametan Mahabhagan Upalabhya Visuttama Pujayam Asyadam Ogyo Deshakala Vibhagavit
1: Dayamasadamogyo
0: Deshakalavi Bhavit Vaya Ansamitana Mahabharan Upalavya Upalabhya Sutama Utayama Vasami Utayama Vibhagavit. Sansamitan Bahabaran Upalavya Vasutamaha Pujaya Mastadharma Vyo De Shakala Vibaravi. Nobody chant? Antamitan Mahabhagan Upalabhya Visutama Udayam Ashtadamogyo De Shakala Viphagavit Antamitan Mahabhagan Upalabhya Visutama Udaya Masadar Majo, Dejakala Vipagavi, Antametan Mahabharan, Ukalavya Visuddhama, Udaya Masadar Majo, All right, that's good chanting. Thank you all. Let's do word for word translations. Tam, Tan, all of them. Samitan, assembled together. Mahabhagan, all greatly powerful. Upalabhya, having received. Vasa utma, the best among the Vasus, Bhishma Dev. Pujayam Masa, welcomed, Dharmagya, one who knows religious principles. Desha, place, Kala, time, Vibhagavit, one who knows the adjustment of place and time. Bhishma Bishmudev, one of the most famous characters in the Shri, in the Mahabharata. That's who we're talking about now. So the translation by his divine grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and the purport also by Shri Prabhupada. Dev, who was the best amongst the. and therefore he could receive and welcome all the powerful sages assembled there at his deathbed from all parts of the universe. He was certainly unable at that time to welcome and receive them physically, because he was neither at his home nor in a normal healthy condition. But he was quite fit by the activities of his sound mind, and therefore he could utter sweet words with hearty expressions, and all of them were well received one can perform one's duty by physical work by mind and by words and he knew well how to use utilize them in the proper place and therefore there was no difficulty for him to receive them although physically unfit why was he physically unfit what was the situation Louder, he was. He lying on a bed of arrows, shot by by whom? Arjun, Arjuna. Not, not, not exactly the best situation in which to have to greet guests. Matter of fact, if you know, if he was shot with as many arrows as is stated, you wonder how he was even able to speak. It, it appears as though none of the internal organs of his body would function. But he was different from that body. Oma <clears> jnana timirandasya <throat> gyananjana salakaya chakchurun <clears> militam jena tasmai shri <throat> guravey namah shri chaitanya manovishtam stapitam jena bhutale svayam rubahakadam ayah svavarantikam all together, please. Bandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavam Sca Sri Rupam Sagvijattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Rata Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Svitam Hey, Krishna Karanasando, Dena Bando, Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika, Kanta, Radha, Kanta, Namo, Sute, Taptakan, Chana, Gaurangi, Radhe, Brindamadeswari, Vrishabhanu, Sude Devi, Pranamami, Hari, Priye, Vanchakalpa, Kripa, Sindhu, Vye, Vacha, Patitanam, Pavanebyo, Vaishnavaybyo, Namo, namah. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sri Vasadi Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare Ranta Raj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Nama Om um Vishnupadaya Krishna Pistaya Bhutale Srimate Tomorrow Krishna Go Samaniti Namane Dave. How to follow his example? He set such a very high standard. He had a very unusual birth too. I'm going to do something I don't usually do, and that is read a little bit. So, if you feel like snoozing during this time, you may. In ancient times, there lived a king named Mahavishy. Vish, Mahavishya. Vishya. During his long life, he performed great sacrifices, and as a result, ascended to Indra's abode at the end of his life. Once, an assembly of the gods, in an assembly of the gods with Brahma present, Mahavishya saw the uh, divinely beautiful Ganga. As he looked at her, a gust of wind suddenly blew away her garments. Oh, that happens. All the celestials looked away, but not Mahavishu, who continued to gaze at her, captivated by her beauty. For this rudeness, Brahma cursed him as follows. You will again be born on earth, but you will return here after one life. Not too bad a curse, I guess. Mahavishu, Visha uh, thought for a moment, remembering all the monarchs on earth. Among them all, he considered a king named... Pratipa, to be the most pious. He therefore asked Brahma if he might become Pratipa's son, to which Brahma agreed. Ganga, having seen Mahavishu's unashamed attraction for her, left the assembly thinking of him. As she went away, she came across the Vasus, who looked dejected. When she asked them the cause of their despondency... They replied, we have been cursed by the powerful uh, Rishi Vasishta. Thus we must soon take birth as men on earth. For this we are very sorry. So what they did, they stole the cow of Vasishta. Had, he had a Kamadenu cow, a, a wish-fulfilling cow, who could provide anything that was requested. And they stole it, especially the one, one of, the, of the eight vases. Ganga heard how the eight Vasus had tried to take from Vashishti's heavenly cow, Nandini their, uh, Nandini, their leader, Dyo, D-Y-A-U, Dyo, I guess, had been implored by his wife to seize the cow, which was able to give one anything one desired. Dyo assented, had assented to his wife's request and with his brother's assistance had stolen the cow. When Vasishta discovered the theft, he was furious. Understanding by his mystic power that the Vasus were responsible, he touched holy water and uttered his curse. The Vasus soon learned of the curse and went before the Rishi, remorsefully returning the cow and begging his forgiveness. But Vasishta said his words could not prove false. Repeatedly requested for mercy, he finally said, you eight Vasus will all be born on earth, but you will be freed from the curse quickly. Only Joe, the chief culprit, will have to remain on earth for a full lifetime. He will be virtuous, powerful, and learned in the Vedas, but he will not beget offspring, and, uh, he will not beget offspring. Indeed, he will have to abstain from the pleasures of women. You've already guessed who that is. The Vasus soon learned of the curse. No, sorry. No. The Vasus asked Ganga to go to earth as a woman and become their mother, as they did not want to enter the womb of any human woman. When Ganga asked who they would choose as their father, they replied, There is a king named Pratipa who will soon have a son named Shantanu. The prince is destined to become our father. All these things are known. Isn't that amazing? Lifetimes out into the future, they're known. Ganga was delighted. Shantanu would be an incarnation of Mahavisha. She smiled. I will surely become your mother. Go where you will. We will soon meet again. In due course, the vasis fell from heaven and Ganga left for earth. Soon after, Shantanu, while wandering along the banks of the Ganga, of the Ganges met the goddess, met the goddess. Struck by her beauty, he felt his hair stand on end. Her features were flawless and she was adorned with fine silk robes as beautiful as the filaments of lotus flowers. His mouth dropped open and he could not take his eyes from her. Some people never learn. Ganga was also attracted to the handsome monarch. And she returned his gaze, her dark eyes meeting his and sending a thrill through his body. Moving closer to her, Shantanu said, O oh, beautiful one, whether you are a goddess, a Gandharvi, or a Danava, an Asura, or an Apsara, I beg you to become my wife. You seem to have no protector. Allow me to become your shelter. Ganga glanced down demurely. O oh, King, I will become your wife and obey your commands. But I will make one condition: you must never interfere with my acts, whether they are agreeable or not. You must never also address me in harsh words. If you act in this way, I will remain with you. But if you if you uh, if you act otherwise, I will leave immediately. The king hardly gave any thought to her request. Be it so, he replied at once. He brought her back to Hastinapur, and the marriage ceremony was performed that day. Absorbed in Ganga's celestial beauty, Shantanu did not notice the passage of time. After a year together, which seemed to him like a few days, Ganga gave birth to a son. But within days of the birth, she threw the baby into the Ganges. Where it was swept away by the waters. Although horrified, Shantanu remembered Ganga's conditions and kept silent, not wanting to lose her. For every, each year, for seven years, a boy was born, and each time Ganga took the child to the river and cast him into the water. The king managed to restrain himself, but when Ganga was about to drown the eighth child, he could take no more. He ran oh. after her, shouting, Stop, O oh cruel woman, why are you killing your children? Why are you killing our children? Murderous of your sons, you are earning great sins by your acts. Ganga stopped by the river bank and turned towards Shantanu. As you desire a child, I will not kill this one. O oh king, take this child and raise him as your own. He will doubtlessly bring glory to your line. But in accordance with our agreement, I must now leave. Ganga then revealed her, identifi- her identity to the mystified king. She told him about vashistha's cursing of the Vasus. I have thus released the gods from the Rishi's curse. This eighth child is Deo, who must remain on earth for a full lifetime. Understanding the situation and realizing everything had been ordained by destiny, Shantanu tried to change Ganga's mind, but she was resolute. The king then asked that she take the baby with her to the celestial regions. When the child became a young man, he would return to the earth. Ganga agreed. Holding the baby close to her breast, she vanished into the river. Shantanu returned in sorrow to his capital, Hastinapur. He continued ruling the people, becoming famous for his virtue. He was loved by the citizens and ruled the world with justice and compassion. It was said that if he simply placed his hand on someone, that person would immediately become relieved of all material pains and anxiety. Oh, for such a king today. One more short short page. One day, some years after Ganga had left, the king was hunting near the Ganges. As he pursued a deer along the riverbank, he noticed that the river water, which had previously been deep and flowing, had become a trickle. Marveling, the king made his way upriver to find the cause. He soon came across a godlike youth who resembled Indra himself. The amiable-looking boy was uh, holding a large bow. It seemed he had checked the river's flow by damming it with arrows. The king was astonished at this remarkable feat and gazed at the youth, trying to ascertain his identity. The the boy suddenly disappeared, and the king, suspecting that it was his son, said to the river, "'O Ganga, show me my child.' As soon as he spoke, the goddess rose from the waters, holding the boy by the hand. She approached the king and said, Here is the eighth son whom we conceived together. O great king, take him now. I have reared him carefully, instructed by rishis such as Vashista, Shukra, and Parashuram, He has become proficient in all aspects of Vedic knowledge and is expert in arms and warfare. Ganga then vanished, leaving the boy with Shantanu. The king then took him back to the city where he would become later famous as Bhishma. Nice story, huh? But that's just part of it. Um, We know that a late, later on, by some quirk of fate, as luck would have it, a fisherman found a fish in the river, and when they cut the fish open, there were two little human babies inside. One was a boy, and one was a girl. So he took the uh, the baby boy and gave him to the king, as to be his son. I don't know if it was Shantanu or not. Anybody remember? I think it was not. Anyhow, the the girl, uh, on the other hand, had a very fishy odor. So, of course, nobody wanted to marry such a girl. And so the fisherman, uh, he set her at at doing the duty of of taking persons across the river. Uh, She would paddle them across in a boat. And so she did this for some time, and she got to be, uh, you know, an older girl in her teens, we presume. And uh, there was a a saintly person who came there, Parashara Muni. And he asked the girl to take him across, and she did so. But in the middle of the river, he stopped the boat and uh, covered the entire area with a fog and told her... That he was desiring to give her a child. So this, this is not ordinary. This is not an ordinary thing. It was not rape or incest or anything like that. So Parashara Muni, um, gave her, a, uh, had, had sexual, uh, contact with her and gave her a child. The child was born immediately and grew up immediately into a young man. And uh, do you know what name he had? Krishna Dvaipayan Vyasteva. Srila Vyasteva. So he took his birth from what seems like a rather ordinary mother. But as a result of this, Parasharamuni uh, told her that he would completely restore her virginity. And he also took away the fish she smelled. And gave her a fragrance that could be smelled for miles and miles away. Well, as it so happened, King Shantanu happened to be wandering around hunting in the forest again, as monarchs are are, are likely to do. Need to wake him up. And uh, so, he smelled the fragrance. And so he followed the smell of the fragrance until he got to the fisherman's house. And there he found this beautiful young woman um, who had this lovely fragrance, and he immediately wanted to marry her. So he approached her father, the fisherman, and said, I want to marry your daughter. He said, yes, but there are conditions. You may marry her, but there are conditions. And one of those conditions were that his his grandchildren his his grandsons produced by this beautiful girl whose name was Sakivati, his uh, uh his grandsons would be in line for the kingship that was a problem gashantanu had a son who was already up in the up in in the years he was an adult and he was Prince regent means that it was he was the one who was destined to become the next king. But as it turns out, he wasn't destined to become the next king. So the uh, King Shantanu went away from the fisherman's house very sad, very, t- he was very uh, uh, down in the mouth, so to speak. <clears throat> so when he got back to his, his home, uh, his son, Bhishma, uh, noticed that his father was very, very uh, disturbed. Um, He was, you know, very dejected. And so he asked his father what was wrong. And uh, his father, I think his father told him at that time about this the girl that he had seen that was the daughter of the fisherman uh, whom he wanted to marry, but there was a a promise that he had to make to the the fisherman which he was not able to make because his son, his son Bishma, was... The one who was fit for to be the king. So then, uh, Bishma found out where this where this uh, fisherman was, and he went to the fisherman, and told him that his father was the king, and that he desired very much to marry his daughter, and he wanted to know what 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 do I have to do? He said, and, and so the fisherman told him the the promise that had to be made that there would be uh, no one vying for the kingship except for his grandchildren, his daughter's offspring. And so Bhishma said, all right, that's done. We can do that. In other words, at, it, within a moment, he gave up all possibility of becoming the emperor of the world, practically. And the fisherman said, yes, but you know, what? when you have children, then your sons are going to be wondering why they can't become king, and they're going to give my grandsons a hard time, and that's not going to work. And so Bishma said, all right, very well. I'll never have any contact with women. I'll never produce an offspring. I'll never have a wife. And so at that point, you might remember that the demigods showered flowers on him, and they said they called him what Drita vrata yeah one who takes a severe vow so Dev was a very exemplary person, wonderful, wonderful person, and you know he he went on to um, um he went on to um Take care of, of the kingdom. Um, but uh, the king, the king Shantanu was becoming old, and it was uh, it was time. And his he had two sons by this by uh, uh, Satyavati. <clears throat> One son was extremely powerful, but he raised the envy of an demigod, a Gandharva maybe uh by he he had the same name as the gandharva and the gandharva was envious of him because he was very powerful he was he was you know fighting and winning all over the place and so he challenged him to duel and as a result that boy was killed the the gandharva or the demigod killed him <coughs> so there was another son uh but he was very very sickly and uh and so uh Satyavati, uh, she, she called on Bhishma Dave, who was acting as the, practically acting as the king, he was the prince regent. And, um, and she told him that uh, about her son needing, needing some brides, so, needing a bride. So, uh, um, um, Bhishma Dave went out and found three sisters who were uh, eligible. And they came back. I think. I think he brought them all three, all three, back with him to the, to the where the palace was. And uh, unfortunately, before the young boy could uh, produce a child, he died. He was sickly, and so he died. And so Satyavati then said to Bhishma Dev, "You brought these three girls back. They have no husband, no one to produce offspring. We need a king." So what are we going to do? Bishma said, please don't ask me, mother. I cannot break my vow. I vowed that I would never have relationships with a woman. So, of course, they finally decided that someone else should come and produce children and these three girls. Well, actually, one of them left and went away. I think she gave up her body, didn't she? Because Bishma refused to marry him. And so uh, she wanted to marry him. And so she, she went away, gave up her body, and took her birth again as a man. And her destiny was to kill, or to be the cause of the death of Bhishma. And so, uh, so whom did they call to, to produce a child in these two, two girls? Vyasadev. Yeah. Because when Vyasadev had been born in the middle of the river, he was Dwipayan, he was the island born, um, he um he told his his mother Satyavati, that if you ever need me just call me or think of me and uh and I'll come I'll be there right away and so so she remembered that and she called on her son then to come and produce a child for for one of the one of the girls so that that first child uh the first uh, princess uh she, uh, when she saw Vyasadev come in, he had just, he had just come from med, from meditation in the, in him, in the Himalayas. And he was, he was, he was dirty. <laughs> his hair was matted. And he had fierce eyes. And it said, it was said that his, his teeth were, uh, uh, they, they, they the, the only thing that was blacker than his teeth was the color of his body. So, of course, the girl went ahead and assented to have sex with him, but she closed her eyes because she was so afraid to look at him. And that first child then was born blind. And that was Rituraster, the blind king. (laughs) And so... um, you know, realizing Satyavati, realizing that her son, because he was blind, or her his grand her grandson rather, he he could not he could not rule. He had to, he had to have vision to be able to rule. And so she called for her son again, Vastik, and and had him to produce a child in uh, her other daughter. And her other daughter accepted. Uh, Vyasudev, when he came in without closing her eyes, but she was very afraid, so she, her body became extremely white, pale, very pale. And so the child that he produced with her had a very light complexion, and his name was what? Pandu. So you know this story. It's a wonderful story, isn't it? And so, and so, uh, uh, just, I, I guess just to make sure that there was, there was at least, uh, going to be at least one person who could become king, and she, she must have been concerned about whether, you know, her son would be killed or not, because, you know, one of the other, one of her other grandsons, grandson, one of her sons had been killed, hadn't he? Yeah. So then she asked Vyasadeva to come back, and this time, uh, the, the princess, uh, he, she got one of her maid servants to come in because she couldn't face uh uh Vyasadeva again you know and so um, anyhow uh, by the way one detail that we left out was that uh Vyasadeva was he said to his mother Satyavati that I'm I, I'm willing to go back and come back looking nice and clean uh but it, you'll have to you have to wait for a year for me to return And so Satyavati said, no, we can't wait that long. We have to have a a son now who can produce, you know, who can be the king. So anyhow, uh, when he came in the third time, uh, he was actually greeted by this maidservant. And she was very hospitable to him, very kind, sweet-spoken, fed him nicely, and then accepted him. And uh, so he gave her a child, and that child became known as Vidura. Yeah, the gentle Vidura, who was actually an incarnation of Yamaraj. Yamaraj. So Vidura is a very, very nice person, one of one of the nicest persons I think in the Mahabharata. You know, I just I love I love him. I'd like to I'd like to meet him. I'd like to have his company, his association. He's so good. So he was he was the one that was always trying to help his older brother the blind king Dhritarashtra, trying to help him to see with spiritual vision and he was always unsuccessful and so as a result Kurukshetra they went to Kurukshetra to fight so um Bhishma he greeted those who came to see him on the battlefield in a very honorable way. He was unable to re- physically receive them, as we we've, we've understood. Uh, he spoke nice words to each person. He showed great respect to the great rishis. So he became he was a very respectable person as he had been all his life, and he was an extremely powerful warrior. As a matter of fact, on the battlefield, he could not be killed, except that he put put down his bow and he he said if if you uh, if, if you uh, of course the pandava's went to him and asked him we can't kill you how but we have to kill you how do we do it and so he 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 told them what to do same thing was true with dronacharya they asked him how do how do we how do we kill you we can't we, you, you know you're invincible we can't kill you but we have to we have to try so please tell us how to kill you and in both cases, both of those men told him how they could be killed. So Bishmade was very honorable. So, uh, now, let's bring this to the present time. We have a very honorable, respectable person in the body of Bhishmade. Uh He had the boon that he could give up his body whenever he chose, not before. So he wanted to wait until the sun started on its southern course. And also, he had to give instructions to uh, to Yudhisthira, King Udisir. So he had to stay around for a while. So, now what can we learn? We 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 don't have the possibility. There's no possibility in the world that in this lifetime we can become even a fraction of what Bishmede is. Not not as honorable and truthful and and austere as as Bishmede. But we can, we can do some things to become a respectable person. And why do we have, why should we want to become a respectable person? Because Lord Chaitanya is saying that we should not look for respect. We should not expect to be respected. On the other hand, we should give all respect to other persons who are Vaishnava devotees of the Lord. Especially those who are Brahmins. Vaishnava Brahmins. Not just ordinary Brahmins, but Vaishnava Brahmins. So um, what can we do? To, to put ourselves into a respectable position. And, and so, if we're not supposed to become, if we're not supposed to expect honor and prestige from other people, then why am I saying that we should become a respectable person? Why? Why should we become, why should we become respectable people? Anybody? Speak in the microphone, please. There's a microphone right beside you. You have to hold the button down that's on the bottom, I think. Is it on?
1: Um, technically, you get what you receive. I mean, you don't expect to receive it, but like, uh, uh, like in terms of knowledge, you'll get it.
0: That's right. You don't go looking for respect. But there's something you can do, and that is become a respectable person. You can act in such a way that people... W- now, that sounds, again, as though it's egotistic. It sounds like we're wanting respect. So I'm going to become a respectable person so I can get respect. That sounds like a good good thing. Not so good, right? <clears throat> because I'm not Krishna. <clears throat> Krishna can say, worship me with all your heart. And, and, but we can't, we can't say that because we cannot do for other people what Krishna can do for us. But we can act as his representative. And he's, he wants his representatives to be respected. But to be respected, they have to become respectable. So how do we do that? First, we have the four regulative principles of freedom. You know what those principles of freedom are? You know, otherwise commonly known as, as the four regs, regulative, regulative principles. No, no eating of meat, fish and eggs, no intoxication. And this we, we take a vow to observe these regulative, regulative principles uh, when we are at the moment, at the time of our initiation, when we receive initiation. <clears throat> we take a vow to to uh, keep those principles. Um, uh, another another thing we're we're trained to do is to treat other devotees respectfully. <clears throat> That's not always easy, especially if you're living in a tight community. This community isn't as tight as it once was. Now everybody's going out because they have to get jobs, to support their families. You know. It's, being, being a, a lifetime brahmachari is a nice idea but it's not one that is so practicable for most people and so we don't so but anyhow we have to treat other people respectfully <clears throat> krishna says when you know you remember the time that uh, the four uh, kumaras came to the gates of vaikunta and were denied entrance by the gatekeepers Jaya and vijay and then they were cursed by the four Kumaras, who were were who looked like little naked babies. But they were actually great sages who chose not to grow up, at least not to have a, a grown body. Because then they would become attracted to all the other kinds of things that, you know, big people are attracted to. Uh, but at that time, you remember, Lord Vishnu, Lord Narayan, came to the gates because he understood what was going on. And of course, he's he's making all this happen anyhow. And he came and said uh, regarding he was this was a, um, an instruction he was giving to Jain Vijayan. He says, "Don't don't mess with my my devotees. Don't mess with them because um, if if you do, you, you know you're just going you're going to pay going to pay heavy price." He says, as a matter of fact, um, if if my right arm ever offended a devotee, a Brahmin. He said, I would I would I would not hesitate to lop off my right arm. Of course Lord Narayan has four arms, so I mean he, No. But anyhow the point is there, in other words we should we should do anything that we have to to keep from offending other persons and we can't tell who is a Brahmin necessarily by just being around them. We we can't always tell that. Uh usually you can tell by what comes out of their mouths. And you can tell about our nature by, why, by what comes out of our mouths, can't you? And so we, we're advised to, to be very patient, very kind in dealing with other people, not just, not just Brahmins, but, but other people, even those who are just starting on the path of bhakti yoga. Uh, we have to be kind. We have to perform our duty um, because that's that's one of the things that the that my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami once said. He said he said the the, uh, the the Pandavas uh they're such wonderful people that um that you just want to be associated with people like that. And I was kind of expecting him to say because they're Kshatriyas, they're very powerful and yet they're very religious also. And, uh, um but you know what he said? The reason that he wanted, he would like to be associated with, he says because they're so dutiful. Dutiful. They perform their duty. And that's one of the bases that I've understood from my spiritual master that is the, uh, deci- what helps them decide, a, a spiritual master, an initiating spiritual master, what helps him decide when a person is ready to accept rabbinical initiation second initiation and that is when they have been very constant in their service whatever whatever act of devotion they have taken up regardless of what it is if they've been very constant for a year then he will very seriously consider giving them rabbinical initiation um, so that's something then that we can do we can we can uh, what do we say? We have to follow the principles. We have to treat other devotees respectfully. Uh, we, we have to perform our duty, whatever that duty might be. If we're a householder, we got to make money because we've got a family, we've got a wife and kids. I've got five kids. So we, we have to have, we, you know, that, so that's my job. i got to do that. And then if I have, if, if, if I can, then I will spend other time doing, performing devotional activities. Or as my spiritual master said, one person can make the money and to free up the time of the other person and let that person perform some, uh, deity service. Or some service for the temple. Reg- again, regardless of what it is. Whether it's cleaning the floors, washing the dishes, Going on the altar and, and putting the beautiful painting that we sometimes see the Pujaris do on here. So, he was saying that this is something you, and so, we, so we're talking about how, how to be respectful. We want to refrain from criticizing others. This is not a good thing. So, this is considered the mad elephant offense when we criticize a devotee of the Lord. Because it's just like, you know, the king sends his son to a a distant country to represent him. And the king uh, will not be able to tolerate it if somebody shows his son disrespect. Because the son, even though he's not as powerful as the king is, still he represents the king. And so the king wants him to be respected as much as the king himself would be. So Krishna wants his devotees to receive respect from other people. Even though he tells his devoted, Lord Chaitanya says, don't expect to be respected by other people. You show all respect to others. You be as low as the straw in the street, more humble than the tree, more tolerant than the tree, more humble than the straw in the street. You do that, but you don't expect other people to respect you. That's not good. <laughs> just like uh, you heard you heard one person say he says um compassion I uh, no, he says um uh humility is one of my many fine qualities
1: <laughs>
0: so christian is telling us that that we should that we should we should show respect don't criticize other people but if we see uh, you know another person having some fault we tr- we try to speak kindly to them Give them, uh, try to give them good advice, or if they, if they, we don't have a relationship with that person, go to somebody who does have a relationship with that person, get them to talk to that person, and see if you can help him on his spiritual path. Uh, otherwise, criticism becomes like gossip. Just saying bad things about other people. And why do people usually gossip? To make themselves look better. You know, if you're standing on top of somebody else's shoulders, it's easier to be tall, right? okay so showing showing compassion for those who are having difficulty uh, doing the right thing sometimes the devotees, even after they 've taken initiation, they have trouble uh, adhering to all the principles of freedom, even though they were fully determined to at the time of initiation, still, once they become married and have beautiful wives serving them, waiting on them, sometimes it's very difficult to maintain your vows so um, instead of putting others down because they are unable to keep their vows, we try to give them as much encouragement as possible because we know that after a few years have passed, it will become easier and easier for you to to get control of your five senses. You have to. Otherwise, you, you, you meet an untimely death. You eat too much. You eat too much ice cream like I do. And, and you gain weight and then you have heart trouble and you die. And so that's not a good thing. Uh, because that takes you away from doing your service. And, and if your body gets sick and you can't, you can't manage, you know, then it takes you away from your service. So, uh, or you can't go to work and supply money for your family. So then, uh, uh, we, we like to say that we can help others by acting and speaking very kindly. And I've always told my kids that if you, uh, if you, if you treat other people very nicely, uh, try to make them feel good about themselves. You know, try to get them on the right path, but try to help them to feel good about themselves. Don't put them down in such a way that they would become discouraged, because they've become discouraged and it may be another lifetime or two before they're able to make significant progress so so we want to become like Dev. we want to become a respectable person not because we need respect because krishna will if we if we get too much respect or desire for respect krishna knows how to bring us down very quickly and what do they say the taller the tree the harder it falls so uh, that's that's the, that's what I wanted to cover today. I wanted to say something about this this great personality, Dev and then to see if there's some way that we can connect with what we're doing today. How do we make progress? How do we become like that person? So I'm going to stop now. Hare Krishna. Does anybody have any uh, uh, any realizations that you'd like to mention, Prabhu?
1: Prabhuji, I don't have, (laughs) well, I do have many realizations, but um, I actually have a question by Mishra Prabhu. Um, He said, um, who? Mishra Prabhu. Okay. Um, He said, in this story, nobody makes it move without observing a Vedic injunction. Adjusting to time, place, and circumstances, how much should we apply Vedic principles to what we do now? All right. I'm going to ask you to read that question once more, and read it just a little bit louder. For sure. Um, he says, "In this story, nobody makes a move without observing a Vedic injunction, adjusting to time, place, and circumstances. How much should we apply Vedic principles to what we do now? <clears throat> how How do we? Okay. How do How do we make adjustments
0: for time, place, and circumstance?
1: He says, uh, yeah, taking into consideration time, place, and circumstances, how much should we apply Vedic principles to what we do?
0: Well, we should always try to follow Vedic principles. And never is there a time when we should break one of the four principles of freedom. Because if we do, then that makes it very difficult to make any spiritual advancement. As a matter of fact, if you if you break any of those principles, in my experience with myself and with others, that if you break one of the principles, then it makes chanting your rounds very difficult. It's very hard to concentrate on your rounds, or if you allow yourself to see some kind of video movie uh, that uh, that sticks in your mind, and those things sticks in your stick in your mind for they'll stay there for years. And they'll come up at the most inappropriate time, like when you're saying Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Oh man, she was pretty, wasn't she? Yeah, she's such a nice actress. Wow. You know, you think, think like that. So you have to, you have to really be careful. You've heard it said that devotional, uh, bhakti is like a razor's edge, that one slip and the blood flows. So you make one little slip, you, 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 if you, if you give in to, those voices in your head saying, "Here, drink this. Here, smoke this. Here, go after this beautiful person." If you allow yourself to do that, you're you're just it's just like you're you're uh, you're going up you're going up the escalator very gradually, and then all of a sudden you turn and you start running down the other way. You know it's really hard to get to the top when you're doing that. So. As far as uh, place and circumstance are concerned, there may be adjustments that are made from time to time, uh, but you still have to follow Srila Prabhupada's example. <clears throat> you know, he was he was saying that um, uh, he, you know, he just got done with a big uh, a pandal program. And the the people were cheering and calling his name as he was walking off the stage. While well, he was with his disciples, and he says, "You know why they're offering me such respect?" He says, "It's because I've given up sex life." Of course, we knew that Prabhupada never had sex life, as ordinary people do. But he says, "Because I He says, "As a matter of fact." <clears throat> we could go into a room full of beautiful girls and not be affected. And then he said, "But we don't go into a room full of beautiful girls." <laughs> and he he also is, is credited with a statement that um, he says, "My my disciples, they they're just they're not afraid enough of Maya." In other words, Christians material energy; they're not afraid. Of Maya, they like to play with Maya a little bit, you know. Okay, so you gave up smoking dope years ago, and if you, you say somebody hands you a joint, marijuana, and you do know, okay, and and then uh, they and and you know you're tempted, you're tempted to take just one puff, you know, that's all. Then that's that's, that's taking a chance. So if somebody offers you a, a a beer, you go out to a party, and somebody says, "Here, have a cool beer." Isn't, no, no, no! I don't do alcohol. Oh, come on! It's just one; it won't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, well, maybe. And so, you give in to that, and and then you're on, starting the slippery slope downward. Because if you, I also heard one one young Sannyasi say in the temple room here that um, if you break one of the regulative principles, then there's a tendency to break another an example of that i don't want to be too gross about this but an example of that is that if you if you start if you use intoxicants then it's more likely you're going to in, get involved in illicit sex if you get involved in if you want to gamble if you go to a casino up here in oklahoma or somewhere over in louisiana go to a casino and start and think well i i just i got a few extra bucks i just want to go play a slot machine or something You get up in there, and it's bright lights, and everything is beautiful and attractive. And uh, you get hungry. And so, you say, well, I guess I'll look around and see if I can find something to eat. So, even if you find something that happens to be vegetarian, still, is it prepared by devotees of the Lord and offered to the Lord? So... uh, you know, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, muchante sarva kilbishai bujante te twakam papa The devotees of the Lord released from all kinds of sins because they eat foods which are offered first in sacrifice. Others who eat foods that are prepared for personal sense gratification verily eat only papa sin. So. So we have to be careful. We, say, we You know, sometimes we think we can make arrangements, make changes like Prabhupada did. For example, he, he uh, allowed girls to have an ashram there in the temple. <coughs> and and he, he, had, he had women going on the altar, giving them second initiation, going on the altar. And, and, he, and people complained about it. His godbrothers complained about that bitterly. Gave, what are you doing giving these uh the sacred thread? Brahminical initiation to these malachas, yavanas, <clears throat> but Prabhupada did it. He he could do it, but he's he's the he's the Atarya, and all the rest of us had better be on our Ps and Qs, you know, making sure that we don't change anything uh, from what Prabhupada has told us to do. In other words, if you said sixteen rounds a day minimum, what does that mean? Uh, okay, I can get by. He, he reduced it from th- 64 to 32 to 16. Uh, if I can get six rounds done today, that ought to be all right. Or maybe I'll back them up tomorrow. And then you get up late tomorrow and you don't have time to or something or you have to go to work. So uh, we we don't try to make concessions for ourselves, you know, for our own convenience. <coughs> Uh, Time, place, and circumstance, if if we need to dress in something besides devotional clothing to go out and distribute books, Prabhupada permitted that. He said, yes, you can wear a Western dress to go out and distribute books. But nowadays, we don't really find that to be that necessary, do we? Because people are are eager for some information. Of course, you're always going to have some redneck guy that's going to get a beer or something that doesn't want to be bothered with you. Uh, but uh, people who are who have suffered enough, suffering is a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, I heard it said that Srimati Radharani was asked one time, what is the best thing in this material world? You know what she said? Suffering. And, you know, how can that be? That sounds like Queen Kunti, doesn't it? Because, uh, you know, if, if if things are going really good, and you and you feel good, your body feels good, and you've got lots of energy because you're only 26 years old, or 32, or 42, if you've got lots of energy still, you know, then you just want to go out and have a good time. I want to buy something. I want to buy I, I I've been wanting a new car, man. I've been driving this old junker. <coughs> and uh, so, you know, that's... That's what we want to do. So if we we start slipping into that kind of mode of wanting to enjoy a little bit more, <clears throat> maybe maybe I had a boss one time tell me he says Ron, you should you should you should buy the most house that you can afford right now because your wages are going to continue to rise and pri- high, uh, housing prices are going to t- continue to rise also. So you might not be able to get as nice. house this. go ahead and, and just really put some effort into it. Get get a good house now. Um, in other words, he's saying, spend right up to the limit of your income because your income is going to increase. That's what he was saying. That's what my boss told me. At forty-two years old, he was he and some he was a super, uh, sales supervisor, and he had some other engineer working for him in sales and in industrial and commercial uh, electrical equipment, which is what I what I was doing. And so he and a bunch of other guys were running in from a golf course up close to where he lived on Signal Mountain right outside Chattanooga, Tennessee. Beautiful place, especially in the spring when everything is blooming. It just, the whole place becomes like a garden. So he and this group of of salesmen that he had up there with him, they were playing playing some golf out there, and a little cloud came up and started raining on them. So they were fairly close to the clubhouse, so they just decided to hoof it into the clubhouse. And they looked back, and old Jim was lying in the mud with his face down. My boss, 42 years old, had a heart attack and died. Forty-two. So the reason I bring that up is that uh, this you never know when things are going to happen in this material world. Uh, you have an opportunity right now to take part in Krishna consciousness. You can do something to serve Krishna, and you can have the association of other godly people around this community. We have some people who are very, very advanced spiritualists that I have to depend on a lot, and uh, and and so we we um, we try not to make too many changes. Uh, uh without asking our authorities if, if we need to make a change it 's always good to go to your authority your spiritual master if he 's available and if he 's not then this then the uh temple president becomes your uh spiritual authority that 's what my spiritual master told me before he gave up his body. he says in the absence of the spiritual master temple president is your spiritual authority so If we have questions like that, we go to a person who is more advanced than we are and we ask their opinion. And usually we're going to get a pretty good answer, especially if that person is is advanced. All right, anything else? Have we missed breakfast? All right, so we offer our respectful obeisances unto all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Manchakalpata-rubis-cha-kripasa-nubi-eva-cha-pati-tanam-bhava-nebhyo-vaishna-vebhyo-namo-namah nebhyo namo namah anantakoti vaishna vrinda ki jaya Srila prabhupada ki Srimad bhagwatam jai jaya Srila vyasadeva ki Shri Shri Radha Kala Dam Gijai Gaur Pramananda Hare Have a good day, everybody. Hare Krishna. Chant the holy names.